everybody, welcome to the NC Real Estate Podcast. We are so glad that you've come over to join us. I'm here with Lorenzo today. Good afternoon, everybody. And this week, we are discuss- discussing how to know who to trust when you are first starting out. It was all part of my YouTube video last week, and we've had loads of great questions. I know Lorenzo's got them all lined up to ask me, and we're going to go through that this afternoon. Excellent. Um, yeah, as you say, um, I think the knowing who to trust when you're first starting out can seem like an absolute minefield uh, in property and, and perhaps other, <laughs> other industries, um, but particularly daunting in, in, in property. Um, and for that reason, yeah, we're really happy that, um, that you put up your YouTube video um, about this very point. Um, so let's have a look here. One of the first things that came up was that um, you have recommended that people get as much knowledge and as many facts as possible before making any serious decisions. Um, Some of the regulated bodies you mentioned in your video last week were RICS and ARLA, the National Landlord Association and the uh, the Property uh, Ombudsman. I hope I'm saying that right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's a lot to take in at once. And I think you really have to know the correct questions to ask even before you start your research. So the question that came up was, what would you recommend as some of the very first questions one needs to ask oneself before the research even starts? I think that this is a great question because I think it's one that people don't even cover what question to ask first. They just kind of dive in, try and take on as much as possible and then... Um, really get overwhelmed by the level of what's going on in the property industry. There is so much knowledge to have. There's so many things to know. And I think you have to figure out what you're getting into property for. What do you want to, what do you enjoy doing about property? Do you want to buy properties? Do you want to make money from properties? How long do you want to spend in properties? And I think you have to ask yourself those questions first. So is it residential buy-to-let that gets you interested? Is it commercial that gets you interested? Do you want to work in the property industry before buying any properties? So do you want to get on board in the surveying side of things or estate agency, lettings, developments, commercial, residential, asset management, portfolio Mm -hmm. management? What do you want to do? And ask yourself that and start writing it down. And then what... I would really suggest you do whatever comes out on the page, spend half an hour just really brainstorming all the things you want to know about and then type that into Google and see what comes up. And I know that sounds like you could get a huge can of worms, but actually start taking a real interest in the answers that come up. And obviously these regulated bodies that I've told you to go and uh, have a look through, if any of their websites come up, click on that and go through that first uh, because they will have all of the information. But generally, generally that's quite, um, I I would say it's just information. There's no feeling behind it. There's no passion behind it. It just is what it is. Um, So once you've got that information, you know that key information, start having a look around and seeing what other people are saying about things and really get a feel for things. You can then start knowing who you like to read um, information from and who you don't like to read information from. I think that's really key. Mm -hmm. Yes, so that kind of goes on to my next question. Um, so once you've got, you know, you've got your goals done on paper and you get as specific as possible, 
you know, as you say, go onto Google, try to find one of these associations or these institutions and get that information. But the next thing is aside from getting the facts, um, you know, from these institutions you mentioned, uh, we, we just mentioned, you talk about another really important point when choosing a coach or a mentor or, you know, even what you want to do yeah. to help you get started on your property journey. Um, and that has more to do with your gut feel or intuition. Mm -hmm. So the question that I have for you today is what are some practical ways of getting to know the working style um, of a mentor or a coach um, or somebody that you see, you know, to get real guidance from aside from facts? Um, and then also what do you offer potential clients to get to know your working style better? I think it's all about listening to what someone has to say and um, really reading what they put out and the content that they put out and what angles they're coming from. Um, I say this in a completely different capacity, just so that you can kind of get a feel of how I do it. Um, I do yoga at home. And I know this is completely off topic to the property industry, but it's a real good way of me telling you how I find out who I can trust and who I can't trust. And yoga is something where there are so many different styles and so many different people have so many different ways of doing it. It's just an absolute minefield. Yeah. And I love following yoga videos, but actually some, some yoga videos I can't really stand because it's almost like you're expected to be getting out into these really difficult poses and there's no time for it and you're not given the time to move around and breathe and relax and chill out, but still do your yoga and kind of keep in shape. And I found one yoga teacher who I love because I love the calming influence of her voice. Her videos are really manageable for me to fit in around the time that I can spend doing it. So she breaks it down into 15 minutes a day or 20 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day. She does all the poses herself and she's very relaxed about it. So if you can't get into a pose, she'll say stop here if you can't get into a pose or or don't worry, you know, it's normal if you can't do X, Y, and Z. And I like that because it's the reality of yoga. It's not forcing yourself into these really ridiculous, like Lego behind your head poses. It's follow <laughs> along with me and know your limits and don't put yourself through any pain because that's not what it's all about. And so that's why I trust her because actually she speaks to me the way that I would want to be spoken to in a yoga lesson and I love that and it makes it feel like it's a personal experience even though she's not actually live doing it to me I am just watching a YouTube video it really gives me that experience that I love I enjoy working with her I just really want to I really just feel like I've got a connection with her and I think that's the same with property mentors and coaches you have to Find someone who you really get the connection with, you really enjoy listening to, you want to hear more of their stuff, you'll go through their blogs, you're like, I want to see this and I want to see that, I want to listen to this. And when you find that kind of person who you really respect, you trust them, you want to get more and more and more of their content, all of a sudden you're well on your way to finding a really good coach or mentor. The next step is simply getting in contact with them and asking what they do. Yes. I really like that metaphor um, <laughs> with, with with the yoga. I think it's really fitting, um, especially, you know, because, I mean, to, in order to get to that position of your leg behind your head, I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into that. Yes. You know, there's consistent yoga every day. Yeah. You know, um, it, it could take potentially years, um, you know, depending on your age and flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And you so, have to go. Yeah, I really like that, and, and she's authentic and and really real about you know uh, people and knowing that everybody is really different and everybody's coming from a different physical health. So yes, to speak. and everybody's got a different starting place. You're not on the same journey as anybody else. You really aren't. You're on your own journey, and once you accept that, you find someone who can teach you from where you're starting. I think. Um, and for example, our, our own programs, we take on landlords, we take on people who've already got a property or just buy, about to buy their first property. We don't usually take on people who've got no experience or no way, no, no, no knowledge of where they want to go, sorry. I think, and that works really well for our clients because that way we know exactly what clients we're taking on and we can serve them to the best of our ability it really wouldn't work very well with our clients if we were like actually we just accept all levels you know come on in and it, because actually on our programs and when we're doing our live q and a's people would be left behind or feeling kind of overwhelmed because they're not already in a certain situation and i think you you really have to go for something which is at your level and i'm not saying we don't cater for people who are fresh into the property industry we do but on more of a helping hand way than giving you formal coaching to start off with because i don't think you need that i think you just need to figure out your way around the industry know who to trust build contacts and from there you can make decisions about where you want to get your education from um, but it's definitely about choosing people to work with who come from your standard and where your starting point and they can help you up to the next level okay yeah that's that's really great I, I think I definitely agree with that um, the next question was um, also from your video um, you mentioned these uh, get rich quick schemes um, and yes you seemed quite repulsed uh, by the whole idea of them so so the question is um, what are some of the worst get-rich-quick uh, get schemes you've seen out there in the industry and why, in your opinion, do they not work um, and what is your, un your idea of an alternative? Okay, so some of the worst things that I've heard and really kind of upset me that they're forcing people, not forcing people, but kind of suggesting that people do this is taking out credit card loans to pay for properties i don't think you should be doing that number one because actually you shouldn't be taking out additional loans to buy properties it just shouldn't be like that okay i get it on bridging you're, you could be lending a hundred percent you could be lent a hundred percent of the property value but it's not really okay nor sustainable to be taking out credit cards for what, 20 grand on not percent interest and then spending all of that on property purchases because you've still got to pay back that 20 grand. So you need to bring that into the analysis of your deal. And a lot of people don't do that. They just saying, oh, I've stuck it on a credit card and I'll just leave that credit card, you know, somewhere in the corner, it's 0%, I'll forget about it. But actually at some stage, the percentage is gonna come kick back in. You're gonna have to repay the damn thing. And I think if you're using credit cards to get going, then you didn't have the cash available in the first place. So you really should be considering whether buying property, which is a huge, huge, huge expense. I know a lot of people say it's easy, yeah. but it is a huge expense. You should be considering whether it's really necessary 
to spend money on a credit card that you can't necessarily pay back at the time. Now it's very different to someone who is invested like me, I'll be open and say that when we do refurbs, I put a lot of it on my Amex, but because I get air miles and points and they've got the money coming in that I can just pay that off. So it's not something where I, I don't use mm -hmm. credit cards, but if you don't have the money to pay off your credit card immediately so that you don't ever get into debt or trouble, then I don't think you should be taking out credit cards and using them to fund your property portfolio. And more than that is if you, if you do miss any payments, you're not likely to get a mortgage another time. You know, so that stops you dead in your tracks if you can't get a mortgage <laughs> because how are you going to keep how are you going to keep funding the thing? So I, I, I find that um, quite a dishonest way of someone advising someone else to get into property because I think you don't need to be taking out any more ridiculous debt than you need to. And mortgage lending is still borrowing, but I think it's borrowing on a different scale to credit cards and easy like loans and what have you. I think you need to really stay well clear of that. And also, you can get very caught out if you remortgage as well and you've got all those debts outstanding. Some mortgage companies will make you pay back all of that debt before remortgaging to you. So if you've got credit cards outstanding, you've got loans that you've been taking out here and there, you've got a bit of an overdraft somewhere that you're kind of just storing up for a later date. If you try and remortgage, a lot of um, mortgage lenders, like banks, will make you pay that back as well as remortgage the property. So then you don't get the cash out that you wanted, but unless, I guess the good thing is that you've paid back all of your debt, but it's just a hindrance. Again, I say if you can't afford to buy yeah. property because you haven't got the cash in your bank, go and find a more sustainable way of getting a deposit. And you don't need a huge deposit, but you're going to have to have something because otherwise you're starting from zero and going minus before you've really mm -hmm. like even got mm -hmm. a chance of making it back. So, yes, looks like get rich yeah. quick schemes, but I don't think it is. Um, mm -hmm. So, so you'd, you'd probably say that... Um, your values uh, with regards to making a success out of the property industry. So that, that's actually the second part of my question. What, um, so you've kind of explained, you know, uh, you know, about the credit cards and not getting into unreasonable debt. Yeah. Um, kind of what's on the opposite side of that? What is an alternative? I think um, sustainable, sustainable borrowing and buying property. So you're going to have to save up something to get property unless you're left an inheritance or your parents want to help you out or someone else wants to help you out, in which case, great, you know, use that. Um, but don't be overstretching yourself. I think yes. on your first property, you shouldn't be looking to remortgage really, really, really quickly. I think you should buy your first property, learn how to manage it properly, learn how to get into the cycle of your property and you know be doing it up at certain times, know when you're next going to redecorate it, know how to get your tenants in and out, know all of that really, really well. And by having one property, you'll learn that. Trust me, the first time you do all of this stuff, it's a good education for you and how to, how to do property, so to speak. And then once you've got that, get yourself into a fixed term for, say, two years. And in two years' time, you can remortgage the property. Um, if you've done any works to the property the first time or it's gone up in value, you can take the cash back out. And then at that point, when you've done the whole cycle of having one property, you'll be good to go for the rest of them. Really doing one gives you that education. If you want to speed it up at that point, go and find a mentor who can help you. But don't 
get into property, don't, and then think, oh, I haven't had any properties before, but you know what, I can definitely do this. And then start really recycling everything super, super quickly, building your portfolio, mortgaging it like up to the hilt so you've yeah. not got a lot of money left in there. I think that's dangerous. Learn from your first property. After that, go as quickly as you want, but your first property should really be your education into the property industry. And then you can decide what you want mm. to do with it. And that's how I would say you do the alternative is. I think that's sustainable. I think it's a real easy way of getting into the property industry because actually having one property doesn't take a lot of time, to be honest, at all. You could self-manage fairly easy, easily from wherever you are, um, get all that education on it and then learn how to do it properly as time goes on. Get in contact with me if you want and I'll help you like learn how to manage it properly so you're saving on management fees. But... That first property should be your learning curve. Don't get into property, not experience the whole of what's going to happen during the life cycle of your property. You know, the refurbishment, your tenants moving in, your tenants moving out. Mm. You have to experience that in order to know what you want moving forward. And that's a sustainable alternative way of doing it, I think. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks for that. Um, definitely see the spectrum here of, you know, the get rich quick scheme versus the process and, uh, and time. Time and process really kind of trumps all in this industry. I think that's becoming more and more clear to me. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, the next thing is, um, what about some good books? Um, could you recommend, what, what would you be, what could you recommend around the subject of, um, you know, who you can first trust when you're starting out in the industry? Yeah. What, what good books have you read recently or that you'd recommend to some of our listeners? Um, so I think, one of the first books that actually I really enjoyed reading on property investment was by Rob Dix. And he does quite a few, um, he does really quite a few property books. Um, and he's just a real friendly kind of guy who's always got some great information. He runs Property Geek. Um, and eh? he, he um, did the complete guide to property investment, how to survive and in the new world of buy to let and actually it's a real easy going book but it's really good and I think if you want something to just read to start off with to get you into it that is up there with one of the best I've read some others that maybe aren't quite so helpful but I definitely get that that book um, and then go and get some reference books on I know this is going to sound really dry but you need to know about landlord and tenant law so get yourself some books or get yourself the Landlord and Tenant Law Dictionary as well. That's a really useful one. Um, and use that to start learning. And I know I sound like so I'm so boring, but actually the, those are the books that come out the most for me. I don't really go back to all these like reference books by buy to let landlords. I go back to the law books because that's what we need the most in property. Um, so get yourself a couple of good ones. And I know they look huge, and there's so many different ones out there. Um, I, I think a, a, a solution to the dryness of the law books is perhaps to read the Rob Dix book in conjunction. So keep yes. those both at your, on your bedside table, um, yeah. just to mix it up a bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I think there's, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of interesting books, but there's also a lot of books where you're just like, oh, they give you strange information that really doesn't make sense and it doesn't work for you. But the Rob Dix book does also get, yeah, a law book and then start going around the different blogs um, and podcasts and 
checking out mm -hmm. everything. All you have to do is go onto iTunes and click in the search bar, property investment uh, podcast, and you'll get some awesome things come up. And a lot, a lot of people are releasing these on different days of the week. Ours is on Tuesday. Um, other property investment books are investment podcasts sorry come out on thursdays and fridays so have one for every single day of the week and listen to each of us i don't think you should just be listening to to one of us and getting your 100 percent information from that listen to all of us um and see see what goes on um yes. and it's also really easy to listen to that on your commute as well really yeah easy. absolutely um, I think that's a you know a great idea because also the podcasts are they're relevant because they're happening all the time you know so there's a very short lapse between you know this information and and because it is changing so often so podcasts are really really recent and I think great ways of um, of just keeping up with what's going on exactly well for um, us we we record this on a Monday and it goes out first thing Tuesday morning so actually you're yeah. getting pretty much up-to-date information and I think that's the same across the board. Yes, yes. All right. Um, okay, another thing. Um, would you be, this, this might seem like a bit of a self, um, like a rhetorical question, um, but I'd like to hear your take on it anyway. Uh, would you be put off if someone you came across, um, would you be put off if you came across someone you couldn't trust? I think it's a that kind of thing. initial, yeah, that initial feeling. Yeah, I think it it sets you back for every for everybody. You start trusting someone, and then you realise, oh my gosh, you know, like they're not giving me the information that I want. I feel like I've been a little bit ripped off. Blah blah blah, and it happens. It happens in the industry. We were talking about this on um, the Q and A this morning with our clients, and we've got one client who unfortunately trusted the, a wrong sourcer, and he ended up not giving. Uh, our client any of the information that he actually really needed in order to do his due diligence and it's sad and we were saying I was saying to him today that actually it's just a learning curve it's what you you know now not to go to that person um yes you have to kind of recoil a little bit and lick your wounds because it, it's upsetting you think that someone's going to help you mm -hmm. and and then they don't help you in the way that you want to but I think you've also got to be grateful for that kind of stuff that you've learned how to trust someone and who not to trust. Because it's always better to go into a relationship thinking that you can trust them than it is being really suspicious of them. Because if you go with your doors closed or your heart closed for a situation, you're not going to take in anything that they might give you. At least if you go in there with your heart wide open to the fact that they could give you something awesome. If they don't, you've got the opportunity to retreat out of it. So... Yes. I would be I would be slightly put off. I I'm not going to lie. If someone um if I came across someone that I couldn't trust and it does make you reevaluate the sort of person you want to work with, but at the same time, I would also think, okay, well, I, lesson learned from that. I'm going to get back up and find the information I need somewhere else. Yes, yes. Um yeah, no, and and the the, the second part of that is you know, how, how would you handle it? So, yes, you lick your wounds <laughs> um, a lot, yeah. but not for too long. No. Got to get up. But So, I mean, how, how would you handle a situation if you had given someone, you know, your trust and your money, um, but actually realized that it wasn't for you or they weren't for you? Um, how, how would you handle that situation? I would always talk to the person that I'm working with 
always talk to the person that I'm working with and just explain how I'm feeling. Be honest about it. But you also have to be honest with yourself. Have you given the all that you were expecting to give in that situation? So if you've gone into education or you've gone onto a program and you thought, yeah, I can do this, and then you get bored of it or you don't really put in the effort that you think you like that you've signed up to put in. You need to mm -hmm. be thinking about whether you've put in enough effort as well. And if you think, yeah, actually, I've given this all my all and it's just not working for me, then speak to the person who um, is running it and tell them, give them your honest opinion of it and let them try and guide you out of it. Now, if they don't try and guide you out of it, that's when the alarms sound. Um, and they, if they don't try and help you and really give you the best of their money, alarms sound. And I would, I would report them to the property ombudsman if they don't help you. Um, but always mm -hmm. give someone the benefit of the doubt. Go to them first. Say, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I was expecting. This isn't happening for me. Can you help me with the why? If they can't help you with the why or it just really has become a program that's not relevant to you, then you can try and speak to them and say, look, I, I just don't think this is for me. I'm sorry. I didn't have the right information when I came on board. I would have preferred to know about this. So, you know, could I, could you refund the money or could we do something slightly different? Um, and go from there and really talk to the person because I think honesty is the best policy in this situation. If you yes. sign up for something, then it, you have to give the other person the benefit of the doubt as well that they are trying to help you the best they can. And so speak to them. Mm -hmm. But obviously in the property industry, you do have places that you can go if you're not going to get the best from someone. So places like Property Ombudsman or Citizens Advice can really help you out. If you get to the stage where the other person isn't responding to you, they don't want to help you anymore, you're not getting anything from them, then you can always go there. But try and, try and maintain a really good relationship. Try and think of this as your business. So this is your business. You want a really good business relationship with the person who's mentoring or coaching you. And if you're not getting quite what you want, ask them about it and explain what you, what you do want out of it and what you are looking to get and see if they can help you with that. Yes, and I think um, I think you know to give people the benefit of the doubts, and also um, these open you know channels of of communication, and and people probably are willing to go that extra mile. And uh, not everybody, um, but there are you know a lot of mentors and coaches who are willing to go that extra mile and really make something you know kind of unique and bespoke for that for that individual. Oh, definitely. Um, so 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 the open communication I think is always best. Well, yeah, I agree. I completely agree. Because then you get the best from it. Yes, exactly. So I think um, from my side, that's all I've got to ask you today. Um, is there anything that you'd like to add before we, before we close off here? I think the property industry is an awesome industry to be in. Be brave. Take that first step. Have a look around, see what other people are doing, see what you like doing, see what you don't like doing and really start making that decisions. I think it's as important to know what you like as, as it is to know what you don't like. Um, and so really think about that within yourself and how that feels um, and then go for it. Look, everybody's mm -hmm. got to learn from somewhere. So everybody will always have had that first day in the property industry. Everybody is going to have that. Whether they knew it was their first day or they didn't know it was their first day, some, everybody had to start from somewhere and everybody started from zero knowledge. So you're just starting at the same point that everybody else has, has been. Um, and just yes. go for it. Find, someone, 
find people you trust, start asking questions, start going to networking events, start meeting these people that you really, really like listening to, you like reading their stuff, and find out more about them and find out what they do. That's the best place to start. And look, every industry is, has got people in it that actually maybe not as above board, but you can get yourself out, out of that. I've given you tools of places that you can go to give, get yourself out of that if the worst comes to the worst. But always talk to people, give people the benefit of the doubt, and if things seriously go wrong, just bow out gracefully. That's my biggest tip of advice. Okay. Okay, excellent. <laughs> And, um, yeah, and as always, um, we've got a really great uh, Facebook group going. Yeah. And I see that it's just, people are just kind of streaming in. Yeah. Um, obviously, it is it is a private group, so, so you do have to request to join. And, you know, there's obviously rules. But I, I'm, I'm really, really surprised and so proud, actually, to be part of, of this Facebook group that's um, that's really, really growing, and people are starting to interact and and comment and share, it's amazing. which was really the whole point. It is amazing, mm. isn't it? I'm I'm so excited about it too. I'm so excited. We keep getting some amazing people over there, and everybody's up for a discussion. And it's not just people in the UK; it's across the world as well. So if you want to find out about investing somewhere offshore, then do just put a comment about it in the group. And it's it's open to you if you're just genuinely interested in property. We, yes. we, we just love a conversation, don't we? That's like our thing. <laughs> yes, I think we have a very big response rate. Yes, <laughs> so. exactly, exactly. And if you want to find out any more about us, then head on over to www.ncrealestate.co.uk or you can email me, natasha, at ncrealestate.co.uk or get in contact with Lorenza, property at ncrealestate.co.uk and we are always here to help you out. So, yep. I think that, that brings us to the end of our podcast. Um, but thank you so much for coming it's... over here, everybody. We love having you. We're always going to be here answering your questions. So if you have anything you want to ask us, do just get in contact. Okay, excellent. Thanks, Natasha, for discussing this topic, um, which I think a lot of people, I think it's, I, I think it's helped a lot of people, um, you know, just to start getting a foot in the door. So, um, and to know that you're supported as well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, from the very beginning. I so, hope it's really helped. Yeah. That's what we do. That's what we're here for. And that's what our brand is all about. We are here to help you through your property journeys. And with that, we'll say goodbye for another week and we'll catch up with you again next Tuesday. Have a lovely week, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.